I would love to work with anybody who's willing to, you know, get to know me and want to invest in multifamily real estate syndications, you know, because it doesn't, if I could go back, I would never have done the duplex. Right. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You know, take the money and go put it with someone who knows what the heck they're doing. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I'm your host, Yona Weiss, on this little journey I like to call a podcast here with another amazing guest. I'm excited to have Lee Fjord in the house. How are you doing today? Hey, Yona. I'm doing fantastically well today. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be able to share some insight to your audience today. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, and if I had to judge how excited you actually are based on your shirt, I would say you are, you know, exuberant, you know, and just overflowing. So oh yeah. <laughs> very, very colorful today. <laughs> That's what it's all about. For our listeners who may have never heard of you, I'd love to give a little context up front just to get our listeners understand who's this masked multifamily investor that we're talking about here today. Absolutely. Love it. So my name is Lee Fjord. I have been investing in multifamily real estate since 2017. Started with a duplex and now my group, Green Forest Capital, owns and or controls around $25 million assets under management, a little over 450 apartments here in the greater St. Louis MSA. And we're in the process of expanding to multiple other outside markets out in addition to continuing to grow within the St. Louis area. So that, and I'm also a recovering multifamily broker from one of the big publicly traded brokerage companies and a, a former property manager. So started in the, started in the trenches, learned right. with, uh, learned the wrong way and, and how to do it. So yeah, uh, we <laughs> well, own apartments. Yeah. It means you have a lot of experience in the space, but when you say recovering broker, I mean, are you, was it that much of a burnout that you just moved on from it? It is a doggy dog industry. You know, it really, really is. I still have my license. I still work with investors. I still sell and buy real estate with my license here in Missouri, but I am no longer with one of the big, you know, acronym companies. So now it is Lee with EXP. I work with investors and I help them, you know, make sure that they're buying the right property for them. You That's know, great. Or, and or help them sell it for top value. That's great. And I mean, it, there's, I'm sure there's having the knowledge of a specific market, you know, as an investor yourself, uh, you probably come across some good deals that way occasionally. You do. You definitely do. It's actually amazing to me how few brokers in the industry are investors. Very, 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 very few. In fact, I'm pretty sure not a single guy in my office owned an apartment complex that sold them. Or owned any other real estate investing. Like, would you trust a stock, like a financial advisor or a stockbroker who doesn't hold stocks in their portfolio? Right. Not me, you know, but it's just kind of this industry thing where a lot of real estate brokers and real estate agents, commercial or residential, aren't investors. And I love one of the aspects of my business that I love doing is introducing investing to very successful real estate professionals, you know, mm -hmm. brokers 
and real estate agents that you know are high income earners and are excited about investing in real estate but don't have the time to do so. Right. Well, you know, just like any other doctor, lawyer, business professional who invests in passively in syndications, they should too. They should even more so because of what you do. Exactly. That's what surprises me all the time. Depreciation. Exactly. Yeah. It shocks me how few, you know, realtors or brokers they already considered the real estate professional, which is like the golden ticket yeah. in the tax code. <laughs> and all you need to do is also invest and manage the property. And then you can literally write off all of your income with some cost. Right. Like, it's just crazy to me how few, and I don't understand it. Every single no. one that I talk to, I just try to like, just invest, buy some property, buy yeah. something. You're missing Nobody out. learns about it in their real estate school or education, whether it be at their like local real estate association for realtors or mm -hmm. at their office. Like nobody's standing around the water cooler at, you know, wherever right. Remax and saying, oh my gosh, I just invested into this multifamily syndication and I got a $150,000 deduction on my taxes because I invested, you know, whatever, 200, $250,000 into a deal that I don't even know what it looks like because I didn't have to bother going there and I'm getting a passive return on my money. It makes no sense. And I, it is an objective of mine to put myself out there to as many successful agents and brokers, commercial, residential, same right. uh, as possible, because I know what it's like to be a busy professional and busy professionals should not be active real estate investors. You will find yourself either losing one or two things, either your money or your time. Yeah. You'll either lose the time with your family and your spouse and your, you know, whatever on the weekends and the evenings, or you're going to lose your money by having a pretty poor return on your investment in that asset. Yeah. I mean, it is challenging. That's one of the, probably one of the biggest things that's kept me for the longest time and still keeping me, quite frankly, from becoming more active in real estate investing on, you know, on the active side of thing is just because I am, you know, I am a busy professional and you know, I have a, a great job. Thank God it's in the real estate industry. I can have a lot of free time to do whatever, you know, podcasting, all that good stuff. But in the end of the day, I know what it takes to be successful in, you know, managing and asset management and doing all that stuff for the real estate game. And so I know I probably wouldn't be able to handle both, you know, adequately. That being said, the funny thing is most brokers that I find that are investing as well, pretty much transition out of the brokerage into going more full-time into the investing because they see, wait a second, the returns are better. The, you know, the actual time being spent is much more fulfilling and mm -hmm. you can still do broker. You can still keep your license like yourself. And, you know, when it's, when it's great, you know, you have a great opportunity, you can do something on that end as well. Absolutely. That's essentially what I did is transition from, you know, a residential property manager to commercial and then realize that all the money is made on the other side of the table. So why be transactional? Mm -hmm. And I got more value in helping others achieve, you know, financial freedom in their own way. So, you know, that really gets my juices going. I love, you know, apartment syndication and working with limited partners and helping them invest in real estate without having to be a landlord. Yeah. And you talked about your job as a property manager as well, oh. uh, <laughs> getting your start in the trenches there. But having a great property manager is a key to running a successful, you know, multifamily deal, right? So 
It's all who's the person on the field, what player is on the field running the plays. Right. You know, you can have the best banners, you can have the nicest stadium, you can have the coolest uniform. But if the player on the field isn't, you know, absolutely an all-star and fully focused on whatever their role is, your team is going to not be as successful as you possibly could be. You know, unfortunately, next thing you know, you're part of the Detroit Lions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Cincinnati, so I get to say that. Uh, or maybe uh, the Cleveland Browns, you know, right. that'd be the other one. You're playing defense all the time. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but I mean, I'm surely you learned a thing or two from the property management days in terms of how to find your best managers for your for your business. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Being the person that started out as, you know, handling the day-to-day, qualifying the tenants, showing the units running their applications and you know overseeing the work order process system putting in place property management software knowing all of the nuts and the bolts and what goes into that gives me the insight as to what is best and how to track those things and then how to manage that employee they aren't actually my employee cuz usually they're working for a third party subcontractor but you know how to approach someone and say I see that your application numbers have dropped this month. Mm. You know, tell me about what's going on. You didn't go on vacation, so I know it's not because of that. Is there any reason why, you know, I'm not saying that our occupancy is low, but the number of applicants has drastically dropped. You know, what's going on here? Did you not have any, have very many showings? You know, because we track everything literally from leads through our, you know, our marketing system all the way to, Leads, showings, applications, leases, move-ins, occupancy. It's all numbers. And then the other one that we try to track or we try to focus on is the timeline for work orders. How quickly can those be taken care of for a tenant? Because if someone has a, you know, a dis, and if they have an easy work order, take care of those ones, you know, right away. Because right. if you can get a satisfied tenant, the likelihood of them being happy and staying is great. It's much better. And they'll sure. be more likely to renew and then when they when it come to them for renewal and unfortunately with inflation everything has gone up your rent has gone up by the way we'd love for you to stay at this rate if they've had a poor experience they're probably not going to renew right yeah absolutely and i think i heard this from robert martinez the first time i think or brian burke i don't know which one on the podcast a couple of years ago the apartment rock star he said that you make your money in multifamily on the renewals Right. You don't, you know, some yes. people say you make your money on the buy, on the sell. He said, no, you make nope. it on the renewals because having people, you know, not having to turn the units, not having to find new tenants, that's a huge money maker or loss for that matter. Every time you turn over, you have vacancy, you have, you know, make ready expense, you know, you might have to do capital expenditures every single time. So, and not just keeping the tenant at the same rate, you know, because everything usually, everything goes up. Yeah. We renew at a higher rate every year based upon what the new market rent rent is. We do keep those tenants below that when they renew, but regardless, it does. If you can mm-hmm. keep those tenants there, keep them happy, keep them renewed and in their home, everybody's happy. Everybody's successful that way. 100%. So let me ask yeah. you, going from, you, you said starting out, you're doing the property management, doing the brokerage, you bought a duplex. Like how did that happen? Meaning it obviously there was something that had pushed you to do that and really was the, you know, the, that moment that kind of spurred things off in that direction a little bit, I think. 
I was inspired by my clients running the management group. I was inspired by them and I wanted to be an investor. I saw the success that they had and I set my sights on, you know, being the biggest small multifamily investor in St. Louis. So I went and bought a duplex and I did it all the wrong way. I bought it with cash. I fixed it up <laughs> with cash. I did it all the work myself. I hired the low budget contractor. It took me a year to get that duplex fixed up and rented. Luckily, it was worth more than what I paid for and put into it, just barely. So it was a, I deem it a success. But every month when it's fully occupied and nothing breaks, I make about $300 a month. So that's a huge success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took that and realized it, it took me 18 months to realize that, you know, to really scale in this business and be able to change your life or be able to focus on it full time. It couldn't just be duplexes and four families, certainly not old ones in transitional neighborhoods. So instead it was, we we're going to focus on larger multifamilies on a team. Mm -hmm. So about a 38 unit. We actually just sold that 38 unit, bought it for 1.3. It was a partner and I, we just reinvested our cash flows the whole time. So we made not a single dollar off of it or no cash flow at all, not a nickel of cash flow, just reinvested every nickel that we got into it. But long story short, we just sold it for $2.5 million. So our gain was about, after expenses, it was about $1.1 million off of a $260,000 investment in three years. That's amazing. It's a you know three hundred percent return in three years you know for each of us. That's amazing. So yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And then we're now taking that in ten thirty one and get into a syndication that we're going to do with limited partners because we're That's now awesome. doing bigger deals. Yeah, did that? Did a seventy unit, a seventy six unit, a two hundred and seventy two unit. And now we're under contract on another deal that I can't talk about because it's a five hundred six B. But you know, I would love to work with anybody who's willing to you know get to know me and want to invest in multifamily real estate syndications, you know, because it doesn't, if I could go back, I would never have done the duplex. Right. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You know, take the money and go put it with someone who knows what the heck they're doing. Right. But you still own that duplex. I do. <clears throat> I still own it. And I still have the same first tenant that ever moved in. I've never had to turn it over. I'm one of them. The other one I turned over once and yeah, That's great. it's, and the neighborhood has gotten a lot better than I mean, I bought it for 30. I put a hundred into it. It was worth 180 when I was done. And now it's probably, I could probably sell it tomorrow for 225. So it's got equity in it. Yeah, there you go. And if you refinance yeah. that, you know, cash it out and it's just infinite returns. Yeah. I mean, $300 a month is not going to, you know, make it or break it. But listen, if it's just cash flowing, why not? Absolutely. And the tenants pay off the mortgage, you know, they pay it down. There's that doesn't count principal or depreciation which is a beautiful thing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, definitely. That's amazing. So what would you tell an investor? Let's say me, Yona, I'm an aspiring investor, an LP investor, and it's not just inspiring, aspiring. I actually have invested quite a bit in a bunch of multifamily and storage and all kinds of other deals. Why should I invest with green forest capital? What's your um, elevator pitch? My elevator pitch is that I am, you know, you have direct contact with me. I am the point of contact for all of my investors. They have my cell phone number, my email address. They know where I live because my business address is literally my home because I'm officing out of my basement in a duplex. <laughs> so, you know, a scenario where it's not just business, it's not some giant conglomerate, but we do have a certain level of success. You know, we've reached a certain level where I can focus on this full time. I invest my own capital into every single deal, right. every single 
capital deal. I have my own money into it. You know, I can show a track record of success that and focus and dedication to our deals. You know, I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody else, but what I am saying is that you'll all of my investors will be able to talk to me directly almost whenever they want, you know, within reason, of course. And we're very responsive. On our most recent multifamily syndication, we hit the profit on a value add deal in the very first distribution. You know, we focus on base, you know, good solid base multifamily blue collar housing, not old, you know, not 1950s, you know, complete gut out remodels. We're putting $25,000 per unit into each apartment and high levels of CapEx and maintenance. We focus on management you know, management side of the value add, you know, how much lower are the rents? Where can we add other income? You know, those things make a big difference, especially when you focus on decreasing expenses. For sure. On this current one we have going, there's about 250, the last one, I'll talk about the last one because again, talk about the current one. The last one had $270,000 in electric bills that the seller was paying on behalf of the tenant included it in the rent, all utilities included. Wow. So, and it was submetered. So renewal, all we do is ask the tenant to please stay at their current rent and take over their electric bill. Just that we ask for more sometimes, mm-hmm. but just that alone increases in the first 12 months, the NOI by $270,000 a year. So we bought it for 16 million and we raised 6 million bucks and just the increase in value for those electric bills at a six cap is over $4 million. So that's almost a hundred percent return just on the electric bill savings. Didn't have to invest a dollar to get it, you know, nothing. (laughs) So that was a really great asset and it will probably become kind of my crown jewel here, at least until I end up, you know, acquiring something for bigger, better, but we're focused on growth and expansion. We're a small crew, but Mm -hmm. you know, we have direct contact with all of our investors and we focus on value and, uh, you know, that's, I'll deliver for everyone. You know, I promise to all my people that it's my sole focus to make sure I'm a good steward of their investment. For sure. And, you know, listen, hopefully we'll grow as time goes on and, you know, grow your staff and grow your company to the point where, you know, you won't necessarily be the point of contact for every single investor, but you know, if you can hire right and do that right, and they give over the culture that you, you know, believe in and represent, then yes. they'll, you know, they'll be able to, you know, carry that message of stewardship along with you. And that's where you see, you know, the real amazing growth happening when you don't have to be necessarily the one that is talking to every single investor, but you know, the message is still there. An army of Hawaiian shirt wearing green forest <laughs> capital people. <laughs> hey, I mean, listen, you, can, you can get the logo on there, you know, to make it easier. <laughs> Fit it in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Use like 3D glasses to find it, but (laughs) it'll be there. Amazing. Lee, this has been great. I want to transition now. We call the final four. These are four questions I ask all my guests. And first question to you is, what is the worst job that you ever had? The worst job I've ever had, you know, probably not exactly. It wasn't the least fun, but the worst actual effort was in for multiple summers, I worked as a contractor. So I would go and we built, you know, small houses and roofs and framed and, you know, hung drywall and insulation. And, you know, basically I was a framing contractor and roofing contractor for multiple summers in college. That was probably the hardest job I've ever had is how I would approach it. It taught me a lot. And, but it also, I wouldn't do it again. For sure. What's amazing about that is you've 
it sounds like you really have a very well-rounded experience in real estate. Whereas, you know, a lot of investors are coming from no background in construction, no background in property management, you know, no background in, you know, the brokerage side of things, which is really, you know, investor relations, essentially, yeah. it's what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you have all of it. And so that really <laughs> speaks to the well-roundedness of your experience and in the company. I was also a dishwasher at one point in time too. So, <laughs> well, that helps, you know, with marriage, obviously. <laughs> it does. It does help with marriage. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, the second question is going to be, what is a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? You know, the book that I, you know, am using right now, because I look at reading books as a tool, I tend to read self-personal development and historical nonfiction, autobiographies or biographies, but it is Never Split the Difference is the book that I'm kind of really rereading for a second time and handing out to a number of people right now. Just how you can build rapport through mannerisms, yeah. uh, the tone of your voice, you know, those types of things really do matter and be able to create a connection, a, a real connection with someone, you know, in a way. So without like having it, you're going to use it to as a tool, but it's a helpful thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Never split the difference. Never split the difference. Awesome book. I mean, that's just phenomenal. Probably one of my favorite books out there. It's funny. Actually, the first time I ever heard of that book was a few years ago. Steve, I don't know you, Steve Pesavanto has a has a podcast. I was a guest on, and I'm blanking on the name of the podcast, but he had Chris Voss, the author of that book, Never Split the Difference, as a guest. And I'd never heard of it, but somehow it came up on my social media feed. I don't know. It's like three, four years ago. And I was like, you know, negotiation, learn how to negotiate whatever it was. I clicked in. It was like a live thing. And I was just, I clicked in right at the right moment. And he did this exercise and I'll try to have my editors find that podcast and put it in the show notes for anyone who wants to check this out. It was just incredible. The podcast was called, or this, he gave a, like a live demonstration called 60 seconds or she dies Mm. and it was a hostage situation basically and he had steve who's the host you know he's like what would you rather be would you rather be the uh you know the bank robber or you know the negotiator and he's like i'll be the negotiator i'll try it out (laughs) and and it was basically you know he's like okay 60 seconds or she dies you know i got this hostage here and it was horrible. It was a flying, I mean, he went down like a flaming plane on that one, but he switched it around and he turned around and showed, you know, how you talk, what you can say, what you can't say, things like that. And it was just incredible to me. That was my first experience. So I immediately bought the book and I was like, wow, this is, you know, going to change the way, you know, I do everything, <laughs> communication. So that was awesome. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. It was a great simulation. It was pretty fast, but it was just, it was very engaging. All right. So we're going to move to the third question, which is what's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? One thing, a skill that I am working on right now is wake surfing. I was shown it by a friend. He took me out on his boat. They make these specialty boats for this thing. I did it and I'm addicted. It's just very cool. Grew up wakeboarding and it's completely different. And I love that's so cool. Wake surfing. What's even cooler is you're literally the third person to uh, say that. <laughs> no. How many people said pickleball? Because pickleball is my second answer. Not a single person. That would have been unique Darn and original. Oh, okay. I've changed mine to pickleball. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. But it's, okay. it's miniature tennis. It's like oh. halfway between tennis and ping pong. So, okay. Scratch that. All right. We're rewinding. 
pickleball. You can do wave surfing. Thing. I'm trying it. I learned it from a friend and I love it. It's my new favorite app. Okay. There you go. It's like, sounds like, you know, racquetball or something like that. Okay. Well, wake surfing and pickleball. We'll keep those. We'll keep up with those. Fourth and final question. What does success mean to you? You know, success to me personally is, you know, honestly, the freedom to be able to absolute control of my own time. You know, that is what my version of success is completely control of my own time. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to choose to still do what I do because I love what I do. I love multifamily real estate syndication and helping, you know, others, but, you know, having the true control of my time and geographic location, which is probably a lot of people's same answer that you've had before too. It's similar. You know, the amazing thing is that it is a very subjective answer. Everyone sees it differently. Everyone experiences life differently and you know, people have different goals. But yes, there are very much similarities between you know, the time freedom, the geographic freedom, and just you know, the financial freedom. Being able to you know, do what you want, when you want, where you want, with who you want, and maybe how you want. I don't know. What, <laughs> but it all is driven by the same goal. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Lee, where can our listeners find you or reach out to you if they want to? Yep. They can find me on, there aren't many Lee Fjords out there, F-J-O-R-D. So literally, I bet if you just type that in, you'll find me on Facebook. Also, you can find me on my company's website, greenforestcapital.com or email me at Lee at greenforestcapital.com. Yeah, I am put myself out there for a reason and so that people can find me. They can book a call right through the website anytime. I'd love to have a conversation with anybody who wants to learn how to invest in multifamily real estate syndications, whether they want to be an LP, an active investor. And dear God, if you're a real estate agent and you're not investing in real estate yet, call me. I swear, I'm about to solve your problems. All right, put Stop them on the right taxes. the right track. Yeah, sensitive these people. Oh. oh my goodness, awesome! Well, Lee, it's been a true pleasure. It's really been great catching up, and good to good to have you on the show. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks, Jonah. Appreciate it. We'll be talking soon. A pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you guys for catching us all the way until the end. Once again, remember the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I wanna ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.